0: Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Monday, January twenty second, twenty twenty four. The NFL divisional round is concluding as we speak. The chill the chills? The Chiefs and the Bills <laughs> are still playing at the moment. Uh but um you guys already know who won. So it doesn't really matter. And uh we got plenty of news surrounding coaching in the NFL. And then uh in the MLB. or yeah, in the MLB, Josh Hader made a surprise move to the Astros, plenty of other free agency news all that kind of stuff, and then uh we're only three weeks away from pitchers and catching or catchers reporting beautiful, yeah, I can't wait and um, yeah, and then for college football, uh, we all know it doesn't sleep, especially if you're an Alabama fan, it's probably hard to sleep right now,
1: yeah, I get no sleep,
0: <laughs> none none whatsoever, <laughs> but there is plenty of things going down in college football as well, so we've got all that for you. Today, Colin is with me in person in the studio, aka the basement with sheets on the wall. And um, Colin, how you feeling? Feel oh, great. Feeling great. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I know a couple of people aren't feeling great, uh, especially who live in Houston, Green Bay, Tampa, <laughs> <laughs> and either Kansas City or Buffalo. So, pull up the box score. <laughs> NFL divisional rounds. First game <laughs> this is a clusterfuck, dude. There we go. Yeah, you were blocking the thing. All right. Ravens won 34-10. C.J. Stroud, tough game. Yeah. I-, I think what this came down to was the Texans got absolutely outcoached in the second half.
1: Yeah. Well, a big thing was uh, Texans offense just committed way too many offensive penalties. Yeah. Whether it was holding or false start, it just cost them.
0: Definitely. And Lamar Jackson, people kept saying, oh, it was an underwhelming game. He only threw for 152. He ran for 100 yards on 11 carries and had two touchdowns. I don't know. Like, I saw this dude. He's like a fucking Tua apologist. (laughs) He's an absolute Tua glazer. And he he was like, if Tua did this, they would say he needs to be replaced right now. If Tua ran for 100 yards, everybody would be like, holy shit, I didn't know he could do that.
1: Yeah, he's not a runner. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then, like, Justice Hill ran for 66 yards. Gus Edwards had 40 yards. Like, they obviously didn't do much in the passing game because Lamar only had 152 passing yards. But he had two passing touchdowns, one to Likely and one to Nelson Aguilar. Um, But, yeah, the Texans, it just seemed like they got kind of outplayed there in the second half. First half, super close. 10-10 at halftime. And then uh, the Ravens just kind of pulled away with it.
1: Yeah, it's like you said. They were just outcoached. But, uh, honestly, for the Texans to make it this far was just very impressive.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, going into the season, nobody expected them to even make the playoffs. And then they win their division on the last week of the season. They beat some good teams throughout the year. And then, you know, they get to this point. The divisional round of the playoffs is amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, first year head coach D'Amico Ryan. um, And then C.J. Stroud is just, like I said, very impressive. Uh, But, yeah, Lamar Jackson just took this game over in the second half.
0: Yeah, it was it was all Lamar. And, like, Houston could not run the ball. That that Ravens defensive line was way too good, yeah. especially in the second half. Devin Singletary only had nine carries for 22 yards in this game, and then CJ Stroud had nine yards. But um, Nico Collins still found a way to have a pretty good game, five receptions, 68 yards, and then five receptions, 48 yards for Devin Singletary is great. Um, but, yeah, this is the, the end of the road for the Texans.
1: Yeah, but if you're a Texans fan – Man, do you are you looking forward to next year? Yeah. Cuz you get Tank Dell back. Yep. Hopefully draft like uh let's see what what do they need like some O-line players maybe. Yeah, like snag probably one O-line, line
0: maybe they'll probably focus defense. Yeah. Um cuz like their offense wasn't the problem. I think like we said like the Ravens defense is amazing Death. and they got co- like out coached, but yeah. Uh I'd go for depth late in the later rounds, but up front um, like early in the draft, I'm, I'm going all defense. Yeah.
1: You think they go out and get uh Jared Verse help out Will Anderson there on the line? Uh, I doubt they
0: go defensive end two years in a row in the first round, but, um, I could definitely see for them, like, because like they're going to pick later in the first round. They could get away with drafting like a, like, you know, a top linebacker.
1: Yeah. I like that. Maybe go get Dallas Turner.
0: No, he's an edge
1: rusher. No. Oh.
0: I'm talking like a Jack Gamble. No okay. linebacker
1: a yeah. little middle line cuz Dallas Turner he he floated between cuz yeah, he did bit. play a lot He's of He's like linebacker. a clue Mac. Yeah.
0: But um let's go ahead and get into the second game from Saturday. Yeah. This one was fantastic. It did not disappoint <laughs> whatsoever. The 49ers take it narrowly 24-21 over the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers still cannot beat Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Matt LaFleur is still Kyle Shanahan's son.
1: It was just like Jordan Love played a great game until yeah. late in the game where he just couldn't convert those crucial downs. Definitely. That, that's really what it came down to. Cause uh I mean Brock Purdy, everyone was expecting him to have a shit show of a game. Cause, you know, late in the season he just wasn't doing all that. Yeah. McCaffrey was taking over. But uh clean game from Purdy. Only got sacked one time with no picks. Yeah. And to just like
0: it, it seems like the theme of the of the uh, the year for, like, the quarterbacks to have the better performances so far in the playoffs is, like, throw for, like, 250, but yeah. throw accurately. Yeah,
1: no turnovers.
0: Yeah. And, like, McCaffrey had 17 carries for 98 yards and two touchdowns, so he was doing his thing, and then George Kittle. Holy shit. Like, they didn't even need Debo. They barely needed Brandon Nayuk, but yeah. George Kittle, four receptions, 81 yards and a touchdown.
1: Did Debo leave that game? I'm pretty
0: sure he left the game Because I saw
1: Chris Conley come in that game, and I was just like, what? (laughs) Like, what world are we that Chris Conley is playing in a postseason matchup? I couldn't tell you. It's whatever world we're living in, this fucked up place.
0: But, uh, (laughs) yeah, on Green Bay's side, like, Jordan Love played great up until the end. Obviously, he throws the the pick on the final drive um, that was super costly. Horrible. yeah,
1: that's it, the number one rule as a quarterback. When you, and are, it was a poorly thrown ball yeah, too. When you are scrambling to the right, do not throw across your body.
0: No, it was it was ridiculous, and that left him with two picks in the game, but yeah. one ninety-four and two touchdowns as well. And Aaron Jones, one hell of a way to end the season. Just the last like four games, five straight games. Yeah, five straight games, hundred plus. Uh, he had eighteen carries, and then uh, Romeo Dubs had a great game, four receptions, eighty-three yards. Jaden Reed did okay four receptions, thirty-five yards, but it just seemed like nobody else really contributed all that much.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised because usually they've been using Bo Melton a lot. Yep. And for him to get only one catch with one target is crazy to me.
0: Yeah. I, I was very surprised to see Tucker Kraft with six
1: targets. Yeah. And also, where where's the usage of Dontavian Wicks? He's another guy that's just been like a workhorse for them to get to this position.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's he was great down the stretch as well. Um but like on the defensive side, you know, Jordan Love didn't get sacked once. That's a huge testament to Green Bay's offensive line cuz we've seen the defense of the 49ers yeah. and with, you know, Bosa and Young and Javon Hargrave and just the countless other guys on that defensive line, that's pretty big to not get sacked once. He was certainly getting pressured and it certainly you know he probably should have taken sacks rather than throwing the two picks that he did cuz it was definitely ones where he was getting pressured and he just threw a bad ball but yeah like this was a this was a good game for Jordan Love but also just a learning experience for him
1: yeah again like Jordan Love proved a lot of people wrong this year definitely like cuz again he's playing in the shadow of Aaron Rodgers nobody thought he would succeed everyone thought he was just going to be a bust yeah he looked good he looks like an NFL ready quarterback that can compete in the post in the playoffs. So that's what we saw. Yeah,
0: yeah. He looked fantastic, but now the 49ers move on and um are we thinking Super Bowl?
1: It's going to be a it's going to be a great game the, next is. week. But is. uh I don't know, it's going to be tough. Yep. All right. Well, then let's go
0: ahead and get into their opponent, Buccaneers Lions, the Lions pulling out real close, 31-23, and once again, The opposing quarterback, well, the losing quarterback, throws a pick on the final drive of the game. This time it was Baker Mayfield, Uh and um, he also had two picks in this game, but he had a phenomenal game up until then. Uh, 26 for 41, 349, three touchdowns, two picks. He got sacked four times, but Detroit's front seven was coming strong. Um, The problem was they couldn't really run the ball. Rashad White. Barely got used. They only ran the ball 15 times. Rashad White only had nine carries for 55 yards. Um, he was pretty solid in the receiving game. He had a receiving touchdown. But uh, the real story for the Bucks was Mike Evans. Holy shit. Eight receptions, 147 in a touchdown. They've been waiting on this for a while because lately it's been Chris yeah. Godwin. Yeah. Or Kate Otten. Yeah. Kate Otten scored his touchdown, though. Hell yeah, he did. I know you're happy Five with receptions, that. 65 yards. But... Let's talk about the winning side. Jared Goff having a great one. 30 for 43 is pretty Mm -hmm. wild for Jared Goff. And then 287, two touchdowns, no picks. uh, Only got sacked twice and only for 10 yards. And then Jameer Gibbs kind of leading the way while David Montgomery kind of struggled uh, in this game. But, yeah, Jameer Gibbs, nine carries, 74 yards and a touchdown. Uh, And Craig Reynolds had uh, one carry for one yard and a (laughs) touchdown. But very surprised to see David Montgomery have this bad of a game.
1: Yeah, well – just all around, I'm surprised they only ran the ball between those two 19 times. Yeah. Like Jameer Gibbs, nine carries for seventy four yards is wild. That's a hell of a game. Yeah. But I think uh I think Jameer Gibbs is starting to take over that backfield.
0: He definitely is. I think he's really earned that spot. Mm. Uh throughout the course of this year, it's been very difficult for him to prove it because David Montgomery's just been so good. Yeah. But um even in the games where Montgomery kind of struggles, we see Jameer Gibbs kind of step up and and uh, take over, which he did in this game, because he also had four receptions for 40 yards. And then uh, amon Ra led the team in receiving with 77 yards on eight receptions and a touchdown, but nobody really standing out in particular uh, in the receiving game. It's just everybody just kind of had a solid day. Uh, yeah. Sam Laporta, nine receptions, 65 yards. That's Jameer wild. Gibbs, the four receptions, 40 yards. Jamison Williams, two receptions, 35. Brock Wright. I think he's the backup wide tight end, one reception for twenty nine yards. Josh Reynolds, two receptions for twenty seven yards and a touchdown. And Devin Montgomery had fourteen receiving yards. Like these guys were just doing their job. And once again, Dan Campbell just out coaches another team. He's done such a fantastic job. And also, a lot of the a lot of it goes to Ben Johnson, their OC, who is undoubtedly going to be a head coach next year. Oh, absolutely. Um but this team has just been phenomenal all the way up to this point. Uh, I'm interested to to hear what you have to say about how they stack up against the 49ers next week.
1: Uh, I think they're very competitive against the 49ers. Yeah. So I know we give all the praise to the 49ers' defense, but the Lions' offense just always finds a way to put points up, where recently we've seen the 49ers can struggle to put points up. The, the biggest question is that Detroit's defense – Their secondary has just been very shaky. Yeah, it's
0: really just Brian Branch right now. Yeah.
1: So if if Purdy can spread the ball out, you know, get everybody involved, I think they'll be successful. But again, if not, then I think Detroit might be heading to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'll have a full preview on Friday's episode for the game, but you know, just initial thoughts like. The Lions' offense can keep them in a game with anybody right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I'm not worried about the offense. Obviously, the defense can be a problem, but they were sending pressure really well on Baker this week, and the Buccaneers have a good offensive line. So, to see them get four sacks and two picks makes me feel much better about what this Lions' defense is capable of going up against the 49ers. The thing is, is that Brock Purdy is ten times more selective. They're going to run the ball a whole lot more, which is going to mitigate a lot of that turnover potential, which Detroit capitalized on a lot in this game, and it was a big reason why they won. They're not going to get that many chances. So they really have to do it on the offensive side and get some crucial stops on defense to actually slow down this 49ers team, and they're just going to get steamrolled just like everybody else.
1: Yeah, I think think Detroit's aiming for that revenge game against Baltimore from the regular season where they got absolutely slaughtered.
0: I agree. Uh, I think it could be uh, pretty interesting. Uh, but kind of my first thoughts, I'm thinking 49ers. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and check in on Bill's Chiefs. I don't think it's quite over yet. Pacheco, touchdown. Gosh. Yeah, pull up that box score real quick. Um, It's 27-24 right now to the Chiefs' side.
1: Tyler Bass must have just hit a field goal. Yeah. Damn. Either way, it's a very competitive game.
0: Very competitive game. The Chiefs have the ball right now. What is that? Nine minutes 31 seconds? Yeah. Yeah, nine minutes 31 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Patrick Mahomes, 17 for 21, 215, and two touchdowns. What? Just say it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pull up the also, game. Catch. Let's just talk about this. We're almost we're, you know, almost halfway through the fourth quarter. There hasn't been a sack in this game yet. That's ridiculous. No, we can see it. Mainly because both of these quarterbacks are just insanely good at extending plays. You can just scramble. Scroll down to the scoring summary.
0: Perfect. So, uh, just to go through how the points were scored in this game, considering it's such a close one late. uh, It started off uh, field goals for each team in the first quarter. Buffalo kicked one. Uh, Tyler Bass made it. Yo. Yo, you scrolled down. (laughs) You accidentally scrolled down.
1: This kid is struggling. What a rookie.
0: It's a good thing that in the second half of this episode, Nathan's the producer. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, Tyler Bass made a 27-yarder to open up the scoring, and then uh, the Chiefs kick their own field goal, 47-yarder from Harrison Butker to tie it up into the second quarter. Josh Allen automatic from like five yards in. (laughs) Literally, he is just automatic from within five yards, rushing the touchdown in, takes the 10-3 lead. Butker comes out, kicks another field goal from 29 out, makes it 10-6, Buffalo. And then the Travis Kelsey touchdown for 22 yards. They get the extra point. They go up 13-10. And um, after that, Josh Allen, once again, within five from the two-yard line, runs one in. Tyler Bass makes the extra point, makes it 17-13, And then um, the third quarter comes around. Travis Kelsey opens it up, I believe, on the first drive. um, I think it was, yeah, the first drive of the third quarter. Travis Kelsey comes out, gets the touchdown, his second of the game, really stepping up because we haven't seen that good of performances from Travis Kelsey down the stretch. Yeah. But – Huge game for him. That takes the lead 20 to 17. Khalil Shakur scores the touchdown. He takes the lead 24-20. Insane throw and insane catch, by the yes, way. Yes. Absolutely ridiculous. After a, a, a I'd say a missed late hit call. Yeah. Josh Allen slid down. Definitely should have gotten the late hit because not only did Nick Bolton hit him from one side, but and he was already on the ground, but Nick Bolton hit him. And then
1: Justin Reed hit him. Yeah. It was I think that was a pretty bad miss. There's been two missed late-hit calls because I think second quarter, Richie James was returning a punt, went down, and then literally as he was getting back up, Buffalo player just went right at him.
0: Yeah, and then um, the most recent touchdown, Isaiah Pacheco opened up the fourth quarter with a four-yard rushing touchdown, and um, they kicked the extra point. Kansas City up 27-24. Let's go back to the box score real quick. Um just to see the stats for everyone. Um, so Josh Allen, um, he's got – he's 20 for 28 for only 144. Been a lot of short pass, a lot of screens to yeah. Steph, um, a lot of passes to Khalil Shakur uh, for pretty short yardage. A um, couple of, like, dump-offs to of James Cook, but he's had a good game, 20 for 28, 144, one touchdown, no picks, no sacks. And like Colin said, nobody's been sacked or picked off in this game so far. So, we're kind of seeing flawless football right now from Mahomes and Allen, which is what we expect to see in this matchup. Yeah. Uh, But Josh Allen also has 62 yards on the ground, 10 carries, two rushing touchdowns. James Cook with 16 carries has 60 yards. And then, um, the uh, yeah, Ty Johnson has – Seven carries for 40 yards. Did DeMar Hamlin run the ball? Wait, what the
1: fuck? Hold on. Hold up. No shot. Ethan,
0: try and pull up a video of DeMar Hamlin running the ball, please. Go to, like, Twitter or something. I'm very interested in it. That is, that
1: in is it. insane. Imagine he would have got a Ain't rushing touchdown. no way. You think if DeMar he would have got a rushing Hammond. touchdown? Dude, if he
0: would have got a rushing touchdown, that's comeback player of the year. I was year.
1: about to say, that's secure as comeback player yeah. of the year.
0: Oh, that's. Uh... Ain't no way he got a carry.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, well, obviously that was not a bet. I'm so confused. There's got to be a video of this man running the ball. I have no clue. I'm like, I don't even. I have no idea. Like, where do you? <laughs> I'm so confused.
1: Hey, I'm here for it, though.
0: Oh. it was a fake punt to DeMar Hamlin. He didn't get what
1: it. What the? F- and he didn't even
0: get it. Oh, my God.
1: They're playing a dangerous game right
0: now. Yeah, that's dangerous. <laughs> Putting DeMar Hamlin on special teams is crazy. Season
1: on the line for the Bills. Let's run a fake punt <laughs> with
0: DeMar <laughs> Oh, they literally did that like a minute ago. Yeah,
1: like three minutes ago. But oh
0: my god, I think that was like drive after. that's wild. That's yeah, I never would have guessed that would happen. They happened.
1: were on their side of the field too.
0: Yeah, ran fake punt. That might have been the that, dumbest call. Yeah, that might have been season. horrible. Because let's see where the Chiefs are at on the field right now. Um, oh, the Bills got the ball back. No so, shot. I, I guess it's kind of working out now. We uh let's see. Yeah, timeout uh with eight minutes twenty three seconds. Um
1: I'm Buffalo somebody had to have punt pun, uh, I would pummeled. assume, yeah. That
0: had um you know what, let's uh let's take a break. All right, the Chiefs win it twenty seven twenty four, and we've got a special guest on the line. We've got a caller from Kansas City. Go ahead.
2: Uh, hey, guys, it's uh, Pat, a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> I
0: just want to thank God, my family, uh, my wonderful wife, Brittany. You know, everybody said I couldn't win on the road, but look at me now. You know, I just relied on my guys. You know, Travis went off. All I did was pass to him, and he did his thing. Pacheco
2: just handed it off to him, and he just kept going with that ball, like he always does. Um, thank you, guys. I uh, will probably watch this tomorrow. <laughs>
0: Thanks. Thanks, Pat, for uh calling in. That was a, a wonderful victory by you guys. Your uh your sixth straight conference championship appearance for the Chiefs. Colin, how how do you feel about just uh kind of the end of that game?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh Tyler Bass is a bum.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was tough. He misses the what was a forty four yarder forty-four yeah, yard Just popped up on my phone on ESPN. Forty four yard field goal attempt into the wind, goes wide right. Just a tough one, because he kicked the shit out of it yeah. too. And, um, yeah, that win just blew it right back at him,
1: yeah, I mean, the chiefs just always just scrap their way to a win, yeah. like halfway through the season, you would think that they would wouldn't even make playoffs the way they were playing, but you know they just always find a way, and it's honestly impressive, but I was kind of hoping the bills were going to pull this one out,
0: yeah, I was too, um you know. You look at that Bills' last drive. They were moving up the field really well. Um, you had Justin Reed just absolutely light up Stephon Diggs, <laughs> which was just ridiculous. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. But, like, Dalton Kincaid getting him down the field, James Cook getting him down the field, Josh doing it with his legs. You had the super unfortunate fumble and then uh, crazy by Kincaid to, to like, stop the ball from getting picked up. Um, would have been a scoop and score. Yeah, would have been a scoop and score for sure and they keep the ball and then um they try to kick that field goal obviously they miss it and uh and Kansas City is winning the game but yeah that was um that was an insane game
1: yeah i mean honestly this game was hyped up to probably be one, the game of the week and i think it definitely delivered
0: oh for sure
1: and um Let's talk about the other stuff. Jason
0: Kelsey stealing the show. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, chugging beers, shirtless in the suite, jumped out of the suite into the stands to to yell at fans of, of Bills. Like, <laughs> that man was stealing the show. He even kind of stole the show from Taylor Swift. I yeah, think he I'm, started getting more of the attention after a little while.
1: I'm happy about that. Yeah? I would love to see more of tra- uh, Jason Kelsey. Than yeah, hopefully
0: he'll be, uh, he'll be with the Chiefs next week in Baltimore. I'm yeah.
1: hoping. On the line, I think... <laughs>
0: Yeah, we might have Jason Kelsey on the line next week. Who knows? Um, I will say, even though the Bills lost, um, I think it's safe to say that Joe Brady has earned his job as the OC. Oh, absolutely. Um, He's done a phenomenal job, uh, you know, to this point. And, yeah, it it really shows. The the Bills were in this game all the way through. The defense kind of struggled there, um, you know, primarily in the second quarter, but even just in the second half, stopping them from getting into the red zone. Uh, was a big issue, and obviously it ended in a loss. But I, I feel like the Bills can take a lot of stuff out of this, you know, half, you know, back half of the season. As soon as Ken Dorsey was out after that Eagles game, they totally turned things around. Joe Brady was awesome, and, um, you know, it got him to this point. A lot of people not thinking they'd get to this point, um, you know, looking at, you know, halfway through the season, there was a question, shit, going into week 18, there was a question that they might not even make the playoffs. All of a sudden, they're here in the divisional playoff, and um, they get so close, and um, the Chiefs do it again.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at one point, they were 6-6, six and six and then they just won out, Yeah, basically, and they had a gauntlet of a schedule to go yeah, through.
0: definitely, and yeah, the Bills had an impressive season, but um, yeah, the Chiefs move on. Colin, what's your thoughts, Ravens Chiefs? Uh,
1: Ravens are blowing them out. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, listen, they struggled to stop Josh Allen on the ground. What makes you think they can stop Lamar Jackson?
0: I don't know, man. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be an interesting one. Uh we'll go through the box score though. Patrick Mahomes ends the game 17 for 23, 215, two touchdowns. Pacheco, fifteen carries, ninety-seven yards and a touchdown. Kelsey, five receptions, seventy-five yards, and two touchdowns. Uh MVS, two receptions on four targets for sixty-two yards. Rashi Rice playing a little bit smaller role this week, four yeah. receptions, forty-seven yards, and then uh Noah Gray, three receptions, sixteen. Uh, That's really just about it on the Kansas City side. And then for Buffalo, Allen ends the game with 186 uh, and a touchdown. No picks, no sacks. Once again, how crazy is it that neither of these teams recorded a sack?
1: That is insane.
0: (laughs) No No sacks and no picks is absurd. I know we just kind of just talked about that, but once again, it's crazy. Um Dalton Kincaid coming from nowhere, uh, in, you know, in that final drive for the Bills and leading this team in receiving yards, only with 45. But um, they were definitely spreading the wealth in the passing game. Uh, five receptions for him on five targets, nine re- or nine targets, seven receptions for Khalil Shakur. Um, Latavius Murray got four targets, three receptions. But Stephon Diggs was the glaring problem here. <laughs> Um, they totally went away from the screen passes. Yeah, that's what he was doing so well last week, and he has done down the road where he just simply has not been effective down the field. He was so good at the screen passes this whole time. They're trying to get him on slants; it's just not working. Eight targets for only three receptions. Yeah, I
1: think they were really missing Gabe Davis.
0: Tonight. Yeah, now it's you know going into the off season. You think they're going to trade Stephon Diggs? I think they should. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they should go out draft a wide receiver.
1: Yeah. That with with all of the stacked wide receivers that yeah. in this draft class, Dude, you I, can easily... Like they're
0: going to pick at like 28. Yeah. And they could probably get like Keon Coleman.
1: Keon Coleman, Troy Franklin. Like, There's a yeah. lot of wide receivers that they can go out and get. Yeah, there's um, a whole lot of guys they there's can a, There's a good chance that Stephon just flips to the other team that they played.
0: There is a good chance. I, I think the Chiefs are going to be hunting down a wide receiver. one. While... <laughs> <laughs> <We> could... <laughs> I don't even know if that came through the mic, but yeah. Um there's you know, we're we're kind of seeing a decline for Travis Kelsey a little bit. Um, you know, his first uh non one thousand yard receiving or one thousand receiving yard season uh in eight years, I think.
1: Well did he still have like nine hundred
0: Yeah, he still had nine hundred or something, but once again like he, he's kind of we're seeing a decline. He's not getting all the targets that he used to get. Like he's getting less targets than some of the years that Tyreek Hill was there. Yeah. And um you know, obviously, we've seen the inconsistencies of guys like Kaderis Toney, who got zero targets. I don't even know if he saw the game in this, or, uh, saw the field in this game. Um, yeah. And like, you know, Miko Hardman has had a very minimal role. Noah Gray is not great, but Rashi Rice is good. I just don't see him as a wide receiver one. Not yet. If you can find your wide receiver one with a guy like Stephon Diggs. I think that works out well.
1: Yeah. That will open the gate uh, for Rashi Rice just so much more.
0: It's definitely going to be interesting, um, but I think that's going to do it for the NFL, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. All right, well then uh, let's kick it to ourselves about three hours ago. All right, Colin, let's get into the NFL coaching news. So first thing, big thing, first team to hire a head coach, the Raiders. Finally hired Antonio Pierce as their head coach. How how are we feeling about it? Do, Do you think it's the right choice?
1: I think it's a great move, honestly. That he, the way he's just gelled with the team, um, I don't think there was another guy they could get.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I know they, you know, talked about Harbaugh. They interviewed a couple of guys, but it seemed like from the jump, Antonio Pierce was the guy. And like they didn't even win that many games with him at head coach, but you could tell like the mood was there. It was much better than McDaniel, and um, obviously all the players were around him. Devonte Adams was, you know, begging for him to get fi- or uh, hired. Max Crosby was tweeting, I think, once a day, <laughs> saying like, "Higher AP." Um, what he went was that say five and four. So he went five and four this year as the interim. That's not that bad with what they had to deal with, because you know you had Aiden O'Connell a quarterback who just is not good enough. Like, I, I feel like that's fair to say.
1: Yeah, honestly, but the thing you got to look at is the energy of the team. Yeah, through the roof. Everyone was excited to play. Um, and AP, he's, he's the guy that will get players to come to Vegas. Definitely. That's like, I don't think Devante is going to leave. Everyone's talking about Devonte leaving. I think they get them a solid quarterback and I think they are honestly competitors in that division.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, the, the Devonte Adams situation is interesting because it wouldn't take hard for Aaron or it wouldn't take much for uh, Aaron Rodgers to bring him over to yeah. the Jets considering, you know, Aaron is very much healthy and it looks like it and he's going to be good to go for, like, the whole season next year, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. If, they, if they, they've they got a, a decent draft pick, they've got, you know, promising guys. Josh Jacobs probably out the door, but from what we saw from Zamir White there at the end of the season, like, that was good stuff. That's what you want to see out of a backup running back just really out there to prove his spot. So I, I like what they have going forward, and I think Antonio Pierce is a good, like, figurehead for that team well, they're picking 13th overall, uh, in this draft. So yeah, not in a bad spot. Um, I don't know, like what route do you think they take? You think they go quarterback?
1: Uh, I I think they got to, I mean, they gave Aiden O'Connell all the time in the world to show what he had. He showed decent moments, but he also showed horrific moments.
0: Yeah. I I think another thing they could address is the secondary. Yeah. Um, it's definitely declined, uh, you know, over the uh, past couple of years, this says they're going to take J.C. Latham, the offensive tackle, out of Alabama. Um, what? Oh, is it? Okay, it's Sports Illustrated. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. Yeah, they make bad mock drafts.
1: J.C. Latham, but also if they want to go secondary, Terry and Arnold. Uh, two Alabama guys that know they can play at the next level.
0: Yeah, this mock draft's got him going to the Colts at 15. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see Terry and Arnold going somewhere in that area. I think secondary is a bigger deal. You can always find offensive tackles later in the rounds, but it seems like corners, if you pick them in the first round, a lot of times they're pretty good, mm-hmm. except Eli Apple.
1: Yeah, you know, <laughs> try to get Cooper DeJean. Nah. You don't think so? I,
0: where does this mock draft have Cooper going? They also could get Kool-Aid.
1: They have him going late to the Bills. Mm, that is really late. 29? I, th- I think if Cooper's on the board, you got to snag him.
0: Yeah, I agree. I-, I don't hate Steelers taking Kool-Aid at 20, but I think they're just they're shitting on Cooper a little bit.
1: Yeah, he's. I think he was one of the best DBs in college football.
0: Agreed. But, you know, that's besides the point. Let's get into the next couple of things. So, our Falcons. Have done their second interview with Bill Belichick. First, uh, first one was on um, Arthur Blank's yacht in the U.S. Virgin Islands. <laughs> uh, this time, I saw a video of Bill Belichick at Chick Fil A. So, um, obviously, a little bit different. Yeah, let's see this yacht because I kept seeing pictures. I got to see this thing in action.
1: Holy million. shit! What?
0: Brother, what? Like a... right. wow. How many? How many floors is that? <laughs> <laughs> Is that five floors?
1: say What?
0: Holy shit. Oh! 15 to $20 million annual running cost?
1: Yeah. That's besides Another. the fact it's a $180 million yeah. yacht. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. That thing's huge. It's 90, it, 290 feet in length? Holy shit! Let's get some more info on this thing. It's got a pool on it. Why yeah. the
1: fuck you put a pool on a yacht? Because when you are in the middle of the middle of the ocean, you don't go swimming in the middle of the ocean. Pussy. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't like the ocean. I don't get in there. It's got a helicopter, helicopter landing pad,
1: <laughs> <laughs> dude. What the hell? <laughs> that
0: Maybe that's what Bill flew in on.
1: Uh, I'll go coach the Falcons. Like, can they interview me?
0: Yeah, uh, Arthur, could you? Me and Colin are gonna do a joint of We're co-head coaches. And um, we require the interview to be on your yacht.
1: Absolutely. No other way around.
0: Yeah. If you do this, I'll shop at Home Depot for the rest of my life. Fuck Lowe's. <laughs> that thing's slow as hell. Wait, hold on.
1: Yeah, I do it
0: only I, goes top speed of 12 knots?
1: I don't think yachts are supposed to go, like, super fast.
0: I thought it would move a little faster.
1: If I'm on a yacht, I'm not worried about speed.
0: I guess that's fair. Yeah, look up the fastest boat speed.
1: Is this a boat show? We're getting (laughs) way off
0: the rail. 316 miles an hour? Yo. 317.6. Ken Warby. I've heard that name. Is that a popular person? Okay, cool. Interesting. Okay, well, yeah, besides the point, how are we feeling about Belichick? Because it's starting to trend towards... Wow, Ken Warby uh, lost himself. Um, that was uh, that was honestly, jarring.
1: I don't know how I feel about Bill Bill Belichick. Yeah. It's like in like I'm fifty fifty on it.
0: I think the only positive to hiring Bill Belichick, first of all, a winning environment. Yeah, track, track record. Yeah, yeah you got to sure. look at it. But also, every time we win, I get to post the Chandler Jones Bill Belichick song. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fantastic. Oh. <laughs> you haven't heard this? No. Oh my god. I'm about to like we need to like pull it up and play it in the mic because it's amazing. Um it's to the tune of Tennessee Whiskey.
1: You're lying. <laughs> no. How have I never seen it?
0: <laughs> yeah. We need to uh Is it <laughs> I don't know if the mic can even hear this, but what? it's amazing. I'm Brady. <laughs> it's so good, dude. Yeah, why can't Chandler
1: Jones Wait. actually sing a little
0: bit? <laughs> 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 it's so good, dude. Bill Belichick. <laughs> I think at one point he says, I miss you. Wait, it might be there. Wait. I know that part. Hold on. <laughs> it's amazing. At some point, he says, oh, Bill Belichick, uh, I really miss you. I really want to kiss you.
1: <laughs> Why can he actually sing a little bit? <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Get this man on the mass Singer. He'll give Keenan <laughs> Allen some competition.
0: <laughs> Maybe. All right, all right. (laughs) Chandler Jones, Belichick song. Look, okay, that would also, first of all, that would be awesome. I would love to post that video every time we win. (laughs) But also, Jim Harbaugh is scheduled to have his second interview with the Falcons this week. So it's not just Belichick that's gotten a second interview. Um, Harbaugh is in, too. I don't know which one I'd rather have. Obviously, both of them have experience in the NFL. Obviously, Jim now has more experience in college, but yeah. he had a good track record in the NFL. He had a, a good, yeah. did a great job with the 49ers, took him to a Super Bowl. But you can't beat the winning mentality of Bill Belichick. Absolutely. I'm, I'm interested to know what, what's kind of your opinion between the two.
1: Yeah, so I'm sort of on the same side with you. Harbaugh, he was great when he was in the NFL, but I feel like he's just a better college coach. Yeah. Like he can handle a college environment better than an NFL environment where Belichick is just that's all he's ever done.
0: Yeah, but then you have to look at the fact that like Jim is definitely looking for an escape route. Uh, yeah. and and he's gonna end up with an NFL team this mm-hmm. offseason. I, I don't doubt that at all. Um, but he's kind of escaping the, you know, the cheating allegations and he, he was suspended at the beginning of the year for buying a cheeseburger for a guy. Yeah. Like Obviously, that's a minor thing, but when you look at just following the rules, neither of these guys have a good track record. No. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think between the two, it, it seems like, you know, fu- like looking into the future for the Falcons, like, mm-hmm. it, you know, our future is longer than the next three years with Bill Belichick because yeah. I, I think that's kind of all he's really got in the tank is he wants to get those 15 wins. He wants to get, you know, a comfortable um, cushion under him with that record. But I think that – um I think with Harbaugh, it's like, this guy's got plenty more years to go in coaching. And if it starts off great, it'll stay that way. But to me, like with Belichick, if it starts off great, he still might retire. Yeah. So I I think I'm leaning Harbaugh. If I was just looking at like, if if I thought we were going to be ready to win a Super Bowl in the next two years, I'd say Belichick. But I don't think we're in that position just yet.
1: Yeah, more of a win now, but we're looking to win. Like, compete now and win later.
0: Like, I think a a team like the Chargers would benefit from a guy like Bill Belichick because they have a ton of great players on this team. Yeah, But, you know, they just need the coaching. Whereas the Falcons need a little bit of help. They need to continue going. um, And uh, hopefully it pays off. Uh but our next thing the Panthers have completed interviews with Bengals OC Brian Callahan, Rams DC Raheem Morris and Cowboys DC Dan Quinn. Um which one do you think fits the best for the Panthers?
1: Uh, I'd probably say Dan Quinn. Why? Just sort of he's that more of a aggressive. I feel like he is the best out of those 3 that can turn around a team. Uh like we saw with the Falcons. Yeah. Uh when he came and we just instantly because one thing, like, they have a they have a good defense. Yeah. He can turn that defense into great because he's just a great DC. Uh, but, yeah, he can still move around some offensive pieces and just create a winning environment. Definitely. I, I
0: think, you know, obviously the biggest problem has been big games. Yeah. When he was with the Falcons, can't win the big games, uh, obviously. Super Bowl. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> Once I'll again, check. I still think we need to – you know, have some kind of 28 to three thing here to humble us, but, um, (laughs) but also the Rams, DC Raheem Morris, um, I believe he spent time with, the I think he was the interim after Dan Quinn got fired. Um, so, you know, he's actually, I think, I think he's my favorite. Um, I don't hate Brian Callahan from the Bengals. I just think that I think he's more just kind of getting in the ring Because his name hasn't come up all that much.
1: Do you think he's ready for a head coach position?
0: I don't think so. I I think I need to see him do a much better job. Yeah. um, With the Bengals, Uh, you know, like over a full season. Obviously, they made a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, But I'd like to see a little bit more um, going forward. You know. yeah, I need to see him with other players. Yeah, uh, like he's really just like, been with Burrow.
1: He's good with superstars. Let's yeah. see how he is with a second year quarterback, Bryce Young. Uh, type type. Of yeah, team.
0: but I, I don't think you want to prove that as a head coach. Yeah, uh, no. like a head coaching hire. Uh, but I need to see him more. Like, what if T Higgins leaves this e- this summer? What if yeah. Tyler Boyd leaves this summer? You know, w- whatever happens to this team, I need to see it change. Um, okay, so we're recording this early uh during Buccaneers lines. The Buccaneers just uh threw a touchdown to Rashad White. Um made it sixteen seventeen. Um about to be seventeen
1: man. seventeen, hopefully after a PAT attempt.
0: He might have jinxed him. Yeah, hopefully uh, but yeah I think Raheem Morris is the best option. I think I agree with you that they need to go defensive. Yeah. Um I think that's where the talent is on this team right now. Bring in an O C and a quarterback's coach that um, you know, really want to just get to work with Bryce Young and, um, you know, start making some moves. They didn't make the extra points, so Colin didn't jinx them. Um, <laughs> they did, but, um, yeah, I think bringing a defensive mind head coach when kind of all the talent is over there JC Horn, Brian Burns, uh, Derek Brown, that's his name right out of Auburn. Um, you know, those guys, I think, are the, uh, the battery of that team. And I think bringing in a defensive-minded head coach you know, plays to the strengths. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, obviously the offense needs help. And, and you know, we'll kind of talk more about that when we go into, like, draft talk. But mm-hmm. they need help, obviously, at the offensive line, which um we've kind of talked about in the past. But I think as well, um, you know, there's just quite a few variables with the uh, the Panthers that – might be, might make it harder for an offensive minded head coach.
1: Absolutely, I agree.
0: So, uh, our next thing the Chargers they've completed interviews with the Lions DC Aaron Glenn and the Ravens DC Mike McDonald. Um, I've been a big advocate for Mike McDonald to get a job. Yeah. Um, I know
1: you wanted him to come to the Falcons, I
0: did, yeah, because like I said, I wanted to go defensive minded. I think you know Belichick satisfies that. Um, but yeah, I really like Mike McDonald. Uh, he's done a great job with the Ravens. Obviously, they just beat down on the Texans, yeah, um, and held them to ten points, which not a lot of people have done this season. Other than well, the Panthers held them to twelve, but <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I like Mike McDonald. I like what he's done with the Ravens. Like when you look at that defense on paper, especially like going into the year, like I probably wouldn't have anticipated them being this good, but like he got Jadavian Clowney to have like a career revitalization and. There's so many guys on that defense. Obviously, Marlon Humphreys is fantastic. and um, But, like, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago now, you lost Kyle Hamilton, who's amazing. He played great all year. But then you just fill another guy in, and it just keeps working out so well for them. Yeah. Like, I think Mike McDonald's done a great job of just adjusting that team.
1: Yeah, no, I understand. And I think Chargers are definitely in that spot where they need help defensively. Like, they have superstars yep. on defense but they just give up so many points. Yeah, their offense has no problem putting up points. Putting yeah. up points. Um, so you get a guy like Mac, uh, Mike McDonald, and uh, it's it's a game changer, honestly.
0: Definitely. And um, you know, for for Aaron Glenn from the Lions, I think it's just kind of it, it's a short term thing. Yeah. I, I think he's also one of those guys just trying to put his hat in the ring, trying to get some more interviews over the next couple of years, show that he wants to become a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's kind of early, kind of like what I said for Brian Callahan, where it's like I, I need to see like a couple of years of, yeah. of really good work. And like for Mike McDonald, we've seen it. He, he was you know, a defensive coach for the Ravens for plenty of years. Last year, he was the D.C. at Michigan. They did a fantastic job. He comes over. He does, he's the D.C. for the Ravens this year. They do a fantastic job, and now he has a body of work. Aaron Glenn, it, you know, the Lions only started being good a year ago. And they didn't even make the playoffs. Their defense was a liability. Coming into the season, their defense was a liability. And it wasn't extraordinary no. this season, but it certainly got it done. They're 12-6, and six and right now they're in the divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Mike McDonald makes the most sense, but I know the Chargers have quite a few more interviews lined up. They just haven't completed them. Um, so you you're sided with Mike McDonald there? Yeah. Okay. Well, then um, – Let's go ahead and talk some baseball. MLB offseason news. Um, This one's a big one. Josh Hader signs a five-year, $95 million deal with the Astros, the highest-paid reliever of all time, and I did not have the Astros on my radar at all. Absolutely not. I I thought for sure it was was Rangers, Dodgers. Um, You know, there was a few other teams that have been talked about, but, man, Josh Hader, 29 years old, like there's so much upside to a, a young reliever that is amazing. This guy has led the league in saves multiple times. How many career saves does he have, Nathan? Keep going.
1: 165.
0: <sighs> and he had 33 last year. Yeah, it, he's just ridiculous. A whip, a career whip of 0.944 is amazing.
1: Yeah, and just last year his ERA was 1.2, was that 2.8? Yeah, that's like...
0: ridiculous.
1: Like but I just did not see the Astros being buyers, I didn't either, especially for a bullpen like I can see starting pitching, yeah but not a bullpen,
0: yeah and I, I think it's just a matter of um
1: he was out there let's yeah he's let's
0: out there, him. but also you know Hector Naris who was part of their bullpen he's a free agent right yeah. now um there's a couple of other guys as well um that have you know since left that team and this gave them the opportunity. And look, they, they needed help. I think last year we saw one of the weaker Astros teams. Yeah. Is as crazy as it sounds, because they were kind of fighting all the way to the end, but um it was definitely a weaker Astros team than we've seen prior. Obviously, they were the defending World Series champions going into that playoff, but um I think they needed help in the pitching. Uh obviously in the starting roles, they went out, they picked up Verlander or I guess brought him back. Um but uh yeah, I'm you know, Ryan Presley, he's been there for a while. He's fantastic. He gets a lot of saves, especially in the postseason. He has a ton of saves. Yeah. But um, you know, he he probably plays the setup role the best. Um, whereas last season he was kind of forced to be the closer. Uh, but he just gives up a few too many runs. Uh he's not your your day to day flamethrower. Like he's topping out at like ninety six, whereas, you know, hater is throwing you know 99 100
1: ryan ryan presley is that guy he's like he'll go in get two strikeouts one out from a save and then boom game tying home run they go to extras or game winning home run yeah like he like he's good he's effective but those hiccups are just what kills him from being elite
0: yeah exactly um but let's get into the next move. I thought this one was super interesting. The Blue Jays signed Cuban right-handed pitcher Yariel Rodriguez to a four-year $32 million deal. believe he came from the KBO or the NPB. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember, but his name really got put on the map. Yeah, he was in the NPB. Um, his name really got put on the map in the World Baseball Classic. He was phenomenal. Everybody kind of learned his story um, of, like, he was great. Couldn't, you know, get to America, couldn't defect from Cuba. But because the NPB has the um, the partnerships with the Cuban uh, government to allow players to go play there, um, it allowed Yario Rodriguez to have, um, you know, so far a very good career in the NPB, um, primarily doing, I think, long relief um, was kind of his role. I know in the World Baseball Classic, he was mainly an opener. Uh, He kind of played the opener role. Uh, so, he'd pitch, you know, a handful of innings and then get out of the game. But, um, yeah, he's been a great player. He had a 1.15 ERA in 56 games last year. That is phenomenal. That's um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the Blue Jays got a steal here, honestly. Yeah, four For years as well. 32 mil, great. like, that's...
0: Yeah, and how old is he? He was born in, oh, he was born in 1997. So um, He's chilling. Yeah, he is just fine. 26? Um. So yeah, 26 years old. Yeah, you get four years. He'll be 30 at the end of the contract. Hopefully, you get. You know, it's not hard to get your money's worth. You only paid 32 million over those four years. So yeah. I think they got to steal. I think this guy's going to be great for them.
1: Yeah, Blue Jays just got to put him in a position to be in ball games. Yeah, I think offense has got to produce.
0: Yeah, I think what's interesting is going to be, um, you know, how they use him. Will they yeah. try and turn him into a traditional starter? Try to get six innings out of him every day, or you know, every five, or, um. Are they going to just kind of put him in the uh, the long relief role and he'll come in if a starter leaves early? Yeah. I don't know because he's a guy that I, I feel like you'd want on the mound as much as you can get him there. Yeah. And I just – I don't know if his pitching style suits like a setup man or just like a, a one-inning relief guy, um, whereas I think, you know, as an opener, he works very well. It's just not a, a traditional yeah. usage in, in the
1: MLB. I mean, we'll see come spring training right around yeah. the corner. Uh, but I think year one, you gotta put him. you gotta put him in the bullpen. Really. Yeah, I agree. Let him get it. Let him get acclimated to the MLB.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the most. The, I think the biggest part about them trying to make him a starter would be that that could open the door for them to trade off Alec Manoa. Yeah, uh, and that would be a big deal because <laughs> you who, don't want
1: him on who, your team. Who wants that guy?
0: <laughs> no one, I can assure you of that. But the next move. Another reliever, Robert Stevenson, Mm. signed a three-year, thirty-three million dollar deal with the Angels. Um, I think last season he was with um, Tampa. Yes, he was was with Tampa, um, and he's just kind of become a very good player in twenty twenty three. A three point one ERA isn't the best. Um, Was he a starter or no? No, no, he was like a middle relief guy. Yeah, fifty two innings pitched, seventy seven strikeouts, not bad, and a whip of 0.879 is amazing like that's you know less than a less than a one is already very good but to be at a point eight nine or a 0.879 over 52 innings pitched is amazing
1: yeah and really we just see that era you know, he just puts himself in bad positions he walks a lot like yeah. he either strikes out or walks and you know allows runners to get in scoring position and gives up a base hit and then boom that's there's your run
0: yeah, because last year his strikeouts per nine uh, was a 14.1. His walks per nine a 1.9. So, he, yes, he is, you know, walking some guys. Uh, but, you know, obviously the strikeouts are great. He throw, he's got nasty stuff. So, um, I think it's a great move for the Angels. They obviously need everything they can get. Um, and, yeah, I think it will be beneficial to him. But our next move, um, this one only made sense. The Cardinals signed Matt Carpenter on yeah. a one-year
1: deal. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have guessed what a, what a career he's had?
0: Yeah. What a what an off season he's had. <laughs> got traded to the Braves and then got cut the next week. He's 38 years old. This is probably a retirement season for him. Absolutely. And that's why he wanted to return to the Cardinals. This kind of sets up for that pretty well.
1: Yeah. I mean, his the production's just, gone. Yeah. So he's just not helping any team.
0: Yeah. I think the last time he played well was like one month for the Yankees yeah. in 2022.
1: honestly you're not wrong
0: (laughs) yeah like I think that's the last time I've seen him do anything last year he only hit five bombs and and, like this is a guy that was always you know a power hitter only had 33 hits five home runs and 188 at bats he had a negative 0.3 war for the Padres last season like he's obviously declined a lot his age has certainly caught up to him um But also, you know, I respect the Cardinals going out, picking up a guy that is kind of a a team legend.
1: Yeah, I mean, he just gives you that veteran presence for those other teams. But, yeah, he's had a great career. I'm happy he's going home.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, He could have gone to Texas, though. That is home. He's from Galveston. Uh, But uh, I do have kind of a question. So, with Hader off the board, uh, this reliever market still has some great players. Who do you think is the best option right now? Uh, Hector Neris... Eraldis Chapman, David Robertson, Jacob Junis, or Matt Moore.
1: Ah, uh, dude, it's well, it's I, I definitely don't think it's Matt Moore.
0: Fair enough. He I, was just I, on the list I saw. Yeah,
1: I would probably, <laughs> I would probably go Hector Neers. Yeah, I'd like. He
0: had a career year last year. Yeah. It was fantastic what we saw from him last season, and um, he played a big role for the Astros. You know, getting to the point that they were at, but mm-hmm. um. I just don't think he was good enough to stay with the Astros. Uh, obviously, you know, we've seen him in, in Philly quite a bit. He was kind of another case where it was like he's a good closer, but he can't win the big game. Yeah. And that's what it seems to be, and the Astros are trying to put themselves in a position to win the big game. So um, I, I do agree. He's probably the best choice. I think after that, it's probably David Robertson. Yeah. I, I just don't trust the inconsistencies of Veraldis yeah. he gives you through. he
1: gives you the heat. But, man, he leaves that fastball right over the middle so many times. Yeah. Or he's just wild as can be.
0: Yeah. Uh, Lions scored a touchdown. Jameer Gibbs, 31-yard rushing touchdown, made it 24-17 with 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, what do you think about Jacob Junis? Because I'm, I'm kind of mixed opinions on him. Nathan, can you pull up his stats from last year? It's Jacob, yeah, J.K.O.B., uh, Junis. He young, right? Um. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I just... No, he's not.
1: No. <laughs> I'm thinking of someone completely different.
0: Right? See, yeah, he's 31 31? years old. Oh, yeah. Jacksonville, Arkansas.
1: Not a fan. As you can tell, I just yeah don't know. I don't hear his name a lot.
0: Yeah, like he wasn't bad at all last year, Um, you know, in middle relief. Once again, he gave up some runs, but, um, you know, 40 games, not bad. He wasn't, you know, in the closing role much. Yeah. I think, you know, for his career, he hasn't been great. I think he has a he has a chance to be good, um, but he's definitely not like a needle mover uh, in the bullpen.
1: Yeah, no. So definitely Hector Neris. Yeah, definitely 100%. Hector
0: Neris there. Um, all right. So it looks like Adam Duvall is down to two teams, either a reunion with the Red Sox or he'll be heading to Los Angeles to play for the Angels. Which one do you think is the best option for Adam Duvall?
1: Best option? Probably going Red Sox. Yeah. You know, they ship off Verdugo. There's an open spot there in the outfield. He needs, he'll hit 10 times better at Fenway than he will in LA.
0: Agreed. And we got a super small sample size last season because of the injury early in the year, but kind of still turned it into a good year. 21 home runs in 2023, um, 58 RBIs, uh, an on base percentage of 303. Uh, Kind of right there on par. You know, an OPS at 834 is great. Um, you know, he had a a great batting average at two forty seven last season, and which for him is great. Um, obviously, it doesn't it doesn't pale in comparison to some of his best years with the Braves. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's kind of crazy how he he has aged like fine wine. His time with the Reds, like he was to the point where like they sent him down.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> it's insane.
0: Yeah, and I think when we got him in a trade he played in the minors for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to have seen it. Um, you know, for his career is a 99 OPS plus, but last season a 119 OPS plus, like that just shows you the guy is far above average and um, definitely could bring some value to any team. But yeah, I agree. I think the Red Sox are in a better position to win um, as crazy as that sounds. Cause they don't have a great roster. I just think the yeah. angels uh, are kind of weird. I-, I know that, you know, they made changes, you know, they bring in Ron Washington to be their manager. Um, and, you know, they brought in a couple of guys here and there. It just doesn't seem like they've made big moves. Now, if they go out, they get a guy like Snell to be a starting pitcher there.
1: I think that, that changes
0: totally everything. changes everything. If you can get a, a, a healthy and willing to play baseball, Anthony Rendon, mm-hmm. a healthy Mike Trout, healthy Adam Duvall, if he goes, and then you have Blake Snell to pitch, like, that's a big thing. Yeah. That is huge.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see him going to L.A. with them getting rid of Renfro. Renfro yeah. Because, uh, what, he went to KC. Yeah, I think um, so. there's an open corner spot, DH spot now. Um, I, just, I just feel like they're trying to rebuild right now, and they're not looking to win right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, but our next thing, the Blue Jays have emerged as the front runner for Jorge Soler. Uh, well, the Red Sox and D-backs are still in the market for him. Um, to me... I still like the D backs for Soler. Puts him in a winning situation. Obviously they just went to the World Series. They need like a an actual DH. A guy that yeah. is literally just gonna go there and play DH. And that's Jorge Soler.
1: Yeah, because we were talking about uh JD Martinez for a while. Yeah with Shohei going to LA, but I, I still feel like Jorge Soler gives you that more explosive power.
0: Definitely. Like, um he's thirty one years old right now. Uh he'll be thirty two when the season starts. And um, last season, 36 homers. He had some hot months for sure. The guys, a two time World Series winner, a World Series MVP with the Braves, <laughs> an OPS plus of 128 last season is phenomenal. And to see him getting on base at a 341 uh, on base percentage is fantastic. Like, that's something you don't expect out of a power hitter like Jorge Soler to get on base that much, mm-hmm. but he was fantastic.
1: Yeah, he knows when to shorten his swing and just approach just to get on base. He's not always trying to go big fly.
0: Yeah, but he did it 36 times last year. So that's a contribution that would be huge to any playoff team is adding Jorge Soler. And I just, you know, if he returned to the Marlins, I think it would make zero sense. Um, But for the Red Sox, I'm not a huge fan of the move just because I don't know if they'll really be in that situation. Uh, And then the Blue Jays are so all over the place. Like you, know, what kind of Vlad Guerrero Jr. are we going to get next year? What kind of Bo Bichette are we going to get next year? We have no clue, and dude, I don't expect anything out of that starting rotation.
1: Yeah, no, I feel like I feel like the Blue Jays might be sitting down there toward the bottom of that division for the years to come. Yeah, like, unless they make some, is, they need to make good moves. That division is so competitive. Yeah, it is insane.
0: It definitely is. Uh, okay, uh, our next thing: the Marlins are willing to listen to offers on Jesus Lazardo and Edward Cabrera.
1: Cool. Send Cabrera my way.
0: <laughs> Look, okay. Edward, uh, the, the name Edward Cabrera sends chills down my spine <laughs> from fucking MLB The Show. But he's not no. great. <laughs> Jesus Lazardo is a very good starting pitcher. And there's a lot of teams that could go out. And he's a lefty, mm-hmm. right? So they could go out. They could get a great... Oh, God. Yeah, don't show me that. <laughs> the future stars, Edward Cabrera. What was that? MLB The Show 21? Yeah, it, it was the nastiest card I've I think I've ever faced. I think
1: Yeah, like, that's I mean, fair to say. You're getting like a 96, 97 mile an hour sinker. Yeah. It's insane.
0: Yeah. It was that and it was um
1: high and inside fastball.
0: Well, no, I'm talking pitchers, scariest pitchers in be the show, the last like in like recent times. Oh. uh you remember signature series Hal Newhouser?
1: Yeah, you always used them against me. Yeah.
0: I dude, I think I threw a perfect game and ranked. Yeah. With Hal Newhouser,
1: Dude, I'm trying to think of the uh Juan I Oh, Juan Marichal, no, Juan Marichal he yeah. He always carved you up, dude. Yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, Jesus Lazardo is obviously the better option here. He yeah. started 30 games last season. And, though, you know, the win-loss doesn't look great, the ERA at 3.58, not bad. Not bad at all hmm. uh, for a starting pitcher, especially putting up 178 innings. He had 208 strikeouts. He's a great strikeout guy. Um you know, he's improved a lot since he left the athletics and got to Miami, and I think now it's just a matter of putting him in a position to, you know, get a team behind him to win games. I think that's what he needs because, like, yeah, you can go five innings and he could pitch great, but if he's getting no run support, a guy is just naturally going to fall apart on the mound after that.
1: Yeah, unless unless you're Jacob DeGrom.
0: <clears throat> True. I um, mean, he,
1: technically he did fall apart. Yeah. His body's hurt.
0: Yeah, but Jacob DeGrom is the king of no decisions. <laughs> We love it. But yeah, I I think, you know, what teams do you think are in the market right now for, you know, a lefty starting pitcher that isn't Blake Snell?
1: Um, Dude, it's hard to think of. I I feel like the the Diamondbacks should honestly get a a Southpaw.
0: Yeah, well, they got Eduardo Rodriguez early in the offseason. Yeah,
1: but Erod's not that great.
0: He was very good the last two years.
1: Yeah, but I think I'd rather take Jesus Lazardo over Erod. Fair enough. Just the upside is there. Erod yeah. Erod's getting up there.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think the Orioles should definitely be in on him. Uh, I know John Means just came back from injury there at the end of the season. Yeah. But um, you know, adding another great young lefty on this team would be fantastic. And I know they're in the market. They're probably the last team in the market for Dylan Cease at this point. I don't but, know
1: who's in the market for Dylan. Smith I, I right literally now.
0: think I think it's just the Orioles. But um I yeah, I think that uh I think the Orioles would be my choice for Jesus Lazardo just because they they have what the Marlins are looking for, which yeah. is a future.
1: What about the Reds? I I
0: don't think they're gonna Do I don't, they even
1: have a lefty in their starting rotation? I'm trying to think. I do not think so.
0: I don't know. Nathan, let's see this list of trade candidates for uh, Dylan Cease. The That's Orioles. one. Yep. Makes sense. The Red Sox. Nah. I don't think so. Dodgers, of course.
1: <laughs> no shot they get Dylan Cease, too. Right?
0: They'd have to give up Bobby Miller. Yeah. Yankees. No, since they signed Stroman. Rangers. Probably not. I think the the problem is their best young players are ones that they can't get rid
1: of. Yeah, Evan Carter and Josh Young.
0: Yeah. You can't get rid of those guys. You can't get rid of Jonah Haim either. Yeah. Uh, and then the Padres, no. Definitely not. I, I think it's literally just the Orioles. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're the the Orioles are the only ones with something. They have what other teams want and it's youth. Youth and, prospects that
1: yeah. are MLB ready.
0: Yeah. I, I definitely think so. Um all right. Last thing for the MLB: the Cubs are interested in a trade for Emmanuel Clase. I mean, they need a closer. They definitely do. He does blow a lot of saves. Yeah, I, but I think he also people did, look over that a lot. Last um, season,
1: didn't he lead the league in saves and also lead he led, the league yeah, in blow saves? I believe
0: he led the league in both. Like um, that is wild. Yeah, he had forty-four saves last year. But He was three and nine. How do you lose nine games as a
1: closer? That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I could see that as a good fit.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think so. Nathan, can you go to the standard pitching, the next one down? Yeah, led the league in safes, Uh the last two seasons. Um. So, yeah, it, it's tough. I, I, I just don't know what they'd give up, and I don't know what Cleveland's asking for because yeah. they're also in kind of a rebuilding spot right now. The only guy they have outside of Classe is you know Bieber and then of course Jose Ramirez but a brand new manager uh with um with Terry Francona retiring Steven Vogt is now their manager Insane. Um, Just yeah comprehend <laughs> that is crazy um you know obviously he won the um you know Mariano Rivera re- uh, award before um for uh, the AL's best reliever he's a two-time all-star he's pretty young um can you pull up his age real quick, now? Yeah, twenty five years old, and he's a dominant closer in the league. <laughs> um, like he's still what? He's four years younger than um, Hater. Yeah, than Hater. Like yeah. that's huge.
1: Yeah, got a lot of life.
0: Yeah, I I, I think Class A to the Cubs would be uh, a fantastic move for the Cubs because I think they need to start making some more moves. Obviously, you know they make the Shota Imanaga signing, they make the Michael Bush trade, um. Now start getting some more guys. I, I think. I think at this point, Bellinger's waited really long. He's got to stay, right? I think he's got to stay. So I think you get Bellinger. I think you trade for Class A. You're already in a better spot. Yeah, I do think you need a you know couple more bats. Yeah, maybe the corner infield. Uh, maybe a Reese Hoskins at first base um, would be the the move I would think. But um, outside of that, they they look good, man.
1: Yeah, because right now their first base is Patrick Wisdom. Think so, and they got Nick Madrigal.
0: Yeah, they need bats. No, it's uh, Nico Horner, Nico Horner, and
1: Dansby. Isn't Madrigal on that team though?
0: He might be, but I don't think he's playing. Nathan, can you pull up the Cubs depth chart? I want to see who their third baseman
1: is. I think Wisdom might have been playing third,
0: maybe he might be playing in the NPB by now.
1: Yeah, Magical's there. I think Magical was playing third, honestly, for Are most of last serious? season. Which is crazy because he has no arm. Yeah. But he gets the ball out really quick, so that...
0: True, and he's fast. Yeah.
1: Uh, Christopher Morell had a really good...
0: I love how Christopher morell is the third the third string at every single position. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy.
1: Yeah. <clears throat>
0: oh, sorry, second in second base. <laughs>
1: Okay, so Patrick Wisdom was their first baseman, their only first baseman. Yeah,
0: baser. that's bad. They, they, I think they have to go out and get Reese Hoskins. Yeah, and he's a great fit. Yeah.
1: Because um, what well, they lost Candelario. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: He went to the Diamondbacks, right? Reds. Red, Reds.
0: Yeah, Oof. John Candelario. That's reds. scary. Wait, what, Nathan? Is he literally on every single position except first base and catcher? Oh, my God. Dude, Chris, how how is Christopher Morrell at every single position except first and catcher?
1: He's that guy. Definition of utility right there.
0: Yeah, and he's young. Very young. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, nobody cares who was born in 1999, Nathan. All right, Colin. Gives you something to think about. I think it's time we do this. We have your Alabama intervention. Oh, no. It's time for college football news, and uh, we'll start with just the mass exodus out of Tuscaloosa yeah. post Nick Saban's retirement. Um, let's just go through the list.
1: I guess
0: sophomore wide receiver Isaiah Bond heading to Texas.
1: Yeah, honestly, it made sense. It does for sure. All of Texas's uh, pass catchers went to the draft. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, they exa- lose
0: Xavier Worthy. They lose A.D. Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell. Jatavian Sanders. Yep. Like uh, it's crazy. That's their
1: three top pass catchers. They need a guy. Yeah, Isaiah Bond can be that guy.
0: What is this list? Yeah, oh,
1: just, that's bullshit. He's just pulling up.
0: That's bullshit. NIL valuations are bullshit. I'll just say that right now. Um, yeah, Isaiah Bond is not getting 661000 and he's definitely not getting less than Julian saying <laughs> That is outrageous. But nonetheless, Isaiah Bond's fantastic. He was great last year. I don't blame him for leaving because... No. Obviously, this this whole team is kind of in a transition phase, and he doesn't want to fall victim to that. Yeah, um, He's a great player. Um, I think Texas fits him, though.
1: Yeah, I don't blame him for going to a team that knows how to win.
0: Sorry, what is this, Nathan? Oh, he got a brand-new Ford Bronco
1: as soon as he got to Austin. Mm. Bet, bet, <laughs> bet we won't see a fourth and 31, though, in the Austin. Horns
0: team. down. Go UCF.
1: Come on, we got to stop. Okay. Stop. What? Stop. Why?
0: All right. Linebacker Skip. Sean Murphy heading to Florida State. Skip. Not the first Sean Murphy on my favorite team. I don't know anything about this guy. <laughs>
1: He's young. Saban really really recruited him. Okay. And I think is was, he a
0: red shirt freshman? I, I believe
1: think. so. But with Saban gone, he just he had no reason to stay. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Hey, Florida State needs it.
1: Yeah. Listen, FSU Kalen DeLoach. FSU, known for <clears throat> extraordinary defense.
0: Yeah. And um he wants to go the beat. transfer portal.
1: Yeah. Especially taking Alabama's players. Fair enough. we'll, we'll talk about another one later. <laughs> Maybe a couple later. We'll see.
0: Maybe, maybe. Um, you guys have taken our players too. Jake Coker. Yeah. Got you a natty.
1: Did you? (laughs) Yeah. What else has he done?
0: Nothing. (laughs) Literally nothing. Yeah. But but not all of not all of the recruits that Florida State's gotten have been post saving retiring. Like some of them just naturally wanted to come to Florida State instead of playing for Alabama. (laughs) It's okay. Hey, man, I'll take it. Even yeah. if we're driving them to the, the collective's house.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. And then next, Desmond Ricks to Texas A&M. It, yeah. It's weird.
0: It is, because A&M's also in a transition phase.
1: Yeah, but their defense is usually not great.
0: It's not, but they, you know, the past couple of years, they've recruited defense very well, but Jimbo Fisher's gone. Yeah. like <laughs> like so like, Yeah, I don't understand. I guess Mike Elko, defensive head coach, um, makes sense. Um, to be getting defensive guys in there, but for a redshirt freshman, that's that's a big move yeah. uh, to to go to Texas a Obviously, he'll have another chance to enter the portal next year if he'd like. But
1: comes back to Alabama once we win an ad that game. would be
0: hilarious. I don't know. Has anybody done that? Has anybody transferred out, played a season somewhere, and then come back?
1: I'm not sure. I don't think so.
0: I don't think they have. But that would be insane. Imagine, imagine it'd be like a, it'd be like a loan deal in soccer.
1: Coach is just like welcome back. Yeah, that's it.
0: That that would be insane. Um, and then let's see the next one: redshirt freshman DB Antonio Kite heading to Auburn. That's My, that's betrayal at its finest. Mike
1: was really happy to tell me this. I'm sure that one's crazy. So you he, can't go to Auburn. He's just gonna get burned by Ryan Williams <laughs> next year. I
0: guess. Well, uh, you also got you guys will also be without your tight end. This uh, hurts. Sophomore Amari this Kneeblack. Hurts. Or Nye Black. Nye Black. Yeah, Nye Black. He's going to Texas. Yeah, this hurts. Yeah. So again, Sark is just...
1: Again, they're replacing Jatavian Sanders right here. Yeah, definitely.
0: And and I don't blame them.
1: Exactly. It's I... it's kind of the same deal. Like, I don't blame them
0: for going out and getting these guys because they're such good players. Obviously, they were recruited by Alabama. Yeah. And they just want a way out. Texas and multiple other schools, we'll get to Ole Miss, yeah. um, are giving them a way out.
1: Yeah. And I'm... Going back to uh, Isaiah Bond, I'm really interested to see also him with Anamari, how they hand like because they're getting like an actual passing quarterback. Yeah. So they're getting a lot get more volume. A lot. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was also a big reason they wanted to go.
0: Yeah, there. I think it primes both of those guys for breakout seasons. Yeah. Uh, which is huge. And then um, your next one, sophomore safety Caleb Downs, had No. Ohio State. Mm. Also, not the only guy going to Ohio State, but we'll talk about Caleb Downs for now. Um, this hurts. Yeah, it, it went, and it was between Ohio State and Georgia.
1: Yeah, I'm okay <laughs> with him going to Ohio State rather than going to Georgia. Yeah. But, man, still, either way, this he was like the playmaker last year for our team.
0: Definitely. It, it, it's really tough to see that one because I liked watching him play at Alabama, too. He's so good. Yeah, he is very good, but, once again, when you change – both coordinators and the head coach, a lot of guys are gonna to want to head out. Yeah. And it's gonna be the top tier guys because they don't want to wait around and see what happens. They they wanna go somewhere, play well, go to the draft. Exactly. And and that's the moves that pretty much all these guys are making. Uh the next one also makes sense. Sophomore offensive tackle, Caden Proctor is going to Iowa. Hmm. It makes sense. Go somewhere where they have literally just been pumping out offensive linemen Honestly. for years. Iowa, and we'll just see, make the
1: Let's see if the they move. can put points on the board Yeah, him there.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Maybe with the special teams. <laughs> yeah. No, because Cooper DeJean won't be returning punts. So, uh, maybe not. <clears throat> I wonder if um, – this is totally off track. I wonder if Iowa's actually going to fire their OC because he was supposed to average 25 points per game to keep his job. Yeah, he's got to be gone. His dad is the head coach. Yeah. So <laughs> – I hope Brian Ferentz is fired. Um, they scored fifteen point four three points per game last year. They only scored two hundred and sixteen points. Oh my god!
1: That is horrible.
0: That is really bad.
1: Really, All right, give bad. me Iowa versus Liberty. Who are you taking?
0: Isn't Liberty's quarterback leaving?
1: no like last year's team. Oh,
0: last, last year's team. Last year's team. Bro, I think it
1: would just be 0-0. Final score 3-0. Maybe. Game winning field goal? Yeah. I guess if you go back last year, seven nothing Cooper DeJean game winning kick return.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or it had to be a punt return. Yeah, punt return. Um all right, the next move though, senior DB oh, Trey Amos to Olmis. Yeah.
1: That hurts. the it's, Kings it's, of the Portal. It's challenging though as a senior to transfer. Yeah. Cause like you're going in, you don't know like who's there, and like if is he gonna? Well, play? he's going
0: to play for Pete Golding, who yeah. probably is the reason he's there.
1: Yeah, but he's got to earn a spot. Honestly, that's true. Lane, like, like Lane's not just gonna give him the spot.
0: No, definitely not. <laughs> Go ask Spencer Sanders. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we'll see. It's a dangerous game to like transfer out senior year. Yeah but it might pay Especially off. when oh.
0: it's Ole Miss because a lot of their players have been in college football a while, yeah. a lot of them new to the team. So everybody's trying to prove it. Everybody's trying to be better than the next guy, which, you know, you know, in general, that's kind of going to happen regardless. But, like, I mean, I think at Ole Miss it's very competitive to get on the field, yeah. and then once you get there, you've got to prove it or there's the next guy going to replace you because there's so many experienced players on that exactly. team. Yep. Um, all right, and then um, – I guess we'll just skip to this one. Julian saying, "When I made this, he hadn't committed to a team, but freshman quarterback Julian Sain is heading to Ohio State." Yeah, that one's tough. Yeah. That one's real tough because um, but, honestly, he might start over Will Howard next
1: but year. But it's okay because if Seth McLaugh- McLaughlin is snapping him the ball, it's a good point. That's a really we'll good see.
0: Point. Um, <laughs> yeah, Julian Sain. What was he overall in high school? Sixth overall. Yeah, that's coming out of high school. Number one QB in the class.
1: That hurts. That's tough. He's good.
0: Oh, what is? Oh no, that's as a transfer. Okay, so he's the number three QB, number twenty-one in the nation. What class is he? Twenty twenty-three.
1: Yeah, I believe gotcha. so. If he's gonna be a freshman, twenty twenty-four, I feel like he'd have to be.
0: That uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Nonetheless, uh, the next one, he hasn't chosen a team, but he has entered the portal uh, The portal um, freshman cornerback Jameer Grimsley. Mm. Tough loss uh, in the secondary. A lot of guys in the secondary leaving. That's yeah, either one.
1: transferring or going to the draft, it's going to be scary. Yeah,
0: yeah it's going to be bad. Um,
1: Especially in the SEC where everyone yeah. loves to take shots down the field.
0: Yeah, and remind, who's the DC now? I know they hired one. I don't um, remember his name.
1: Oh, dude, I couldn't tell you right now.
0: The Alabama, D.C.
1: I couldn't tell you right now.
0: Nope. He retired.
1: Yeah, it's not Kevin
0: Steele. I could have sworn they hired one the other day. Code co- defensive? DC. Maurice. I didn't see that. Maurice linguist. I could have sworn I saw that they hired one, and I don't remember who it was.
1: I'm sure we'll think of it later. Like, as soon as, like, we yeah, get in here.
0: I'm sure we will.
1: I don't know. Listen, I'm all for yeah. Kalen DeBoer just bringing in his guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He had 2,000 oh, thousand Kane, year- That's right. Kane Womack yeah. was the head coach of South Alabama. Yes. Okay. Um, who I think is a very good DC. Yeah. I, I love that hire. Um, I'll take
1: that. And DeBoer knows, like, he brought his OC. Yeah. He knows how to put up points. Yeah.
0: Grub is a very good OC. Yes. He interviewed for it last year and turned down the offer mm-hmm. uh, to stay with Kalen DeBoer, and now they both ended up at Alabama together. So I think it worked out for them. Uh, but let's kind of get into the guys that you've brought in. It's a short list. Uh, since Saban retired, you have only brought in Washington quarterback Austin Mack and Washington center Parker Brailsford.
1: Mm.
0: That's tough. <laughs>
1: I think Austin Mack can compete for the job the starting spot if I'm being real. Really? Honest.
0: You think he'll compete with Jalen Milrow?
1: I think so. Okay. With Grubbs' play style, they like yeah. to throw the ball. That's fair. The thing is we got to get wide outs. Like true wide outs right now. We got to yeah. we got to get Ryan Williams back.
0: Yeah, yeah. You need pass catchers um yeah. 100% because Milroe is just not that good. No. Um at least at throwing the ball, he's he's good at running. Um, and he's kind of good at running, like, the option-style offense. Yeah. But that's
1: not, that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, it's not, it's not Grubbs' system. Um, the only thing that corresponds between Grubbs and Milrow is the deep shots down the field. Yeah. That is really the only thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. Nathan. <laughs> Nathan just typed, Milrow would be a great – at a service academy running triple option, thank you. Um, Yo, Mill Road at KSU. <laughs> KSU doesn't run the triple option anymore. Since when? Last year. Oh, no, that's crazy. It was the first year not doing
1: it. I didn't. I didn't go to a game this year.
0: Me neither. I've never been to a KSU trash. game. I've never been to a KSU sporting event.
1: Baseball games are lit.
0: Actually, no. I take that back. I've been to a softball game. I went to when uh, I was a little kid. I
1: went to KSU versus Georgia when Georgia was here. The final score was like sixteen to fifteen. Nice. They're going to be... I'm pretty sure KSU football won two games this past year.
0: Yeah. They were bad.
1: And once was... It was like Lincoln University from California was one of the teams we beat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Shout out Hunter Thompson. I'm sure he was helping them out on defense. Um, yeah, so that's all of the people who have come in is those two guys from Washington. Yeah. That's not good.
1: No, I think I, I saw we ranked like 45th. Yeah, in, like the transfer rankings. Yeah and everything
0: like that. my my question to you is, do you think that Alabama fans – like how quickly are Alabama fans going to turn on him? I hope not
1: quick. Like, but knowing Alabama fans, they're probably if if he doesn't make the playoffs, they're going to be like, this guy's got to go.
0: Yeah, Nathan, can you pull up that record prediction you had pulled up earlier for Bama?
1: Listen, he's bringing in his guys. So many people have left. You got to give him time to rebuild this team.
0: Yeah, for sure. I agree. And I think the problem is the fans have this crazy idea that every single year they have to win 11 games or more and whatever. I don't think that's the case anymore. Listen, we got the 12 team playoff. Yeah. You also got plenty of rings yeah. that you're sitting on. Uh, like we could always use a little. You more. got time. They are a poverty franchise. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, but you. so the athletic, their predictions for the SEC. Uh, Alabama going ten and two, uh, with wins over Western Kentucky, USF, Wisconsin, Vandy, South Carolina, Tennessee, Missouri, Mercer, Oklahoma, Auburn, and they lose to Georgia and at LSU. I, th-
1: I think that's being very generous.
0: I agree. Um, I think Oklahoma could give you a run for your money. I think even Aub- without Dylan Gabriel, I
1: think Auburn's going to give us a run for our money.
0: I think Missouri. Is the really like the Look, team to be scared of
1: if actually. Brady Cook stays? True, because um, Cody Schrader's gone. Yeah, but Ooh. no. Listen. It's, wait, hold
0: on. That doesn't even line up. Oh wait, no. I thought it said wins at Alabama. I saw Arkansas. Yeah, I thought it was Alabama. I, I was about to lose it. <laughs> it's like about <laughs> to question of the integrity of the athletic. I'm honestly, How dare
1: they put this behind a paywall? I'm honestly scared of Week Three when we have to go to Wisconsin. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. I think you guys will win. Last time we played Wisconsin was at Mercedes. I'm pretty sure, like an oh, o- open, yeah. opening, like kickoff game. Yeah, I, I do remember that. And hey, like, what's the
0: order of their schedule?
1: So it's Western Kentucky.
0: Okay, so you guys start off two zero.
1: Hopefully, USF gave us troubles last
0: year. Yeah, but that was a fluke. No, it was yeah, a we were fluke. To figure out who was going to be our quarterback? It is so tough. You guys played Georgia in the fourth game of the season. Yeah.
1: You know every, it's in Tuscaloosa,
0: so that gave me a better chance.
1: you know but. I'm pretty sure every hotel within forty miles of bryant Denny Stadium is sold out. Already. there's probably five it's in buttfuck nowhere it's it's, <laughs> it's insane, but they're on, gonna be selling airbnbs and dorm rooms. <laughs> it's a good thing I got friends that live there.
0: fair enough. you going to that game? I'm
1: gonna try.
0: all right, you better be back on Sunday for the podcast. <laughs>
1: I'll stream live from the after party. No, when we lose.
0: Um. All right. So, I think you guys beat Wisconsin. I think you lose to Georgia. Yeah. So you're you're three and one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: At Vandy's a dub. Vandy's still gonna suck. So you're four and one. I don't know what to think about South Carolina. I, I think don't. I think we're gonna beat them. I think you're gonna beat South Carolina.
1: Yeah. South Carolina kind of a joke.
0: Now Tennessee. No. I you don't. go into Neyland Stadium against Nico. Yeah. I think you guys get your shit
1: waxed. I, I think we give up three rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns. Yeah. By
0: Nico. No, I think Nico's going to go crazy on your team. Um,
1: He's going to show Jalen Milrow how to be a dual threat quarterback.
0: Yeah, so now you're 5-2, and two, and then you bring Missouri to Tuscaloosa. I think it's a close game. I think you guys win.
1: I think it's hard to say now. It depends on who yeah. is there for Missouri.
0: Yep, agreed.
1: Because if everybody leaves, I think they're fucked.
0: yeah. Yeah. And then at LSU, you're you're getting your ass kicked.
1: If AJ Swans at quarterback, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> Doesn't matter. You why, guys are getting your ass. Tell
1: asterisk. me why LSU picks up AJ Swan.
0: SEC experience.
1: Cool.
0: Cherokee High School
1: experience. <laughs> <laughs> Mercer.
0: Mercer's a dove. Yeah. At Oklahoma it's not easy.
1: Yeah, it's tough. That's tough.
0: The thing is, is that I don't even know who their quarterback is next year. Yeah.
1: It-
0: I still think you guys win, and then I think you beat Auburn. So I think you guys lose three games.
1: Okay, so 9-3.
0: Yeah, 9-3. You could still make the playoff.
1: Yeah. Probably not, you
0: could. Um, it's going to be tough. Jackson Arnold. Who the fuck is Jackson Arnold?
1: Sounds like a cartoon kid. Yeah, he does sound like a From Hey Arnold. Kid. Yeah,
0: it's Arnold. <laughs> Yeah, let's see that depth chart, please. That's the offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> I was really confused for a second. Yeah, I have no idea like, what's going on. Oh, General there. Booty. I forgot about him. forgot he was at Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, if we lose to General Booty.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you guys. <laughs> I'm doing Fuck Fortnite you. emotes. okay well let's get into other college football news um the ncaa is opening or the ncaa is investigating florida for um the recruitment of former signee jaden rashada uh just a backstory in december of 2022 rashada rescinded his letter of intent to florida and flipped to arizona state after two months before that flipping from miami to florida and then um so they say that this flip happened because of an NIL deal worth 13.8 million dollars that was lined up for him with the Gator Collective which fell through. And apparently this investigation started in June of 2023. The big thing here is that this is like a a big deal. Yeah. Obviously the Gator Collective is not um you know associated with Florida. It definitely is. Uh, it's called the Gator Collective. I don't know who else it'd be associated with, but they're not directly connected. My biggest thing is that like the NCAA is trying to make an example out of people right now, within yeah. they the, And like, I, I get that, you know, there's rules in place. You have to follow the rules. Florida State's the one that got reprimanded and was publicly reprimanded and it's the worst um, or the most intense or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Most, um, Um, punishment from NIL. But I think that um, these violations are definitely going to be an issue. Um, The Lions just won the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Baker Mayfield threw an interception on the final drive. Two picks for you. Yeah, minute 33. Damn. Detroit. Fuck Baker. Okay, well, we're going to talk about that. (laughs) Um, Nonetheless... Yeah, I I think that this situation, there's got to be some foul play. Yeah. Like, you got him to flip from Miami to Florida, and then it's obviously because of $13.8 million, and then it miraculously falls through, and you force this kid to scramble, find another school, and essentially change the route of his career.
1: Yeah. Honestly, bro, nobody should be getting $13.8 million in college. No. Like, what is this? What what have we come to? Yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: Unless you're in uh, Fansville. <laughs> 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 Bro, don't show me Bronny James at the top of this fucking list. Please tell me he ain't at the top. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. He sucks. Shit, dude. Who's third? That's a $2 million difference. Yeah, who's third? Hell yeah. Makes that sense. makes sense. Livvy Dunn. Arch Arch Manning hasn't played a single fucking game.
1: He's played a couple snaps.
0: How the fuck is Arch Manning making more money than Caleb Williams? It's bullshit. It's the name. I don't care. Caleb Williams trying to get stake in the Bears. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Travis Hunter makes sense. Evan Stewart. (laughs) Are you off your fucking rocker?
1: Fansville, bro.
0: Sure. Angel Reese. Yeah. For sure.
1: Doing the Joe Burrow pose.
0: Yep. Drake May.
1: Trash, bum,
0: Bo Nix, He probably made that one point four million over the six years he was in college. Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, Maserati Marv makes sense.
1: Penix, great guy.
0: Yep. Uh, uh but still these valuations. Right. Are you fucking out of your mind? Okay, close this shit. He's not even. He's not committed to Duquesne. First of all. That's, he's playing his first year of varsity basketball this year. That is fucking hilarious. Fuck out of here. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Manuel's not making one point two at Austin P. He's got one arm, which is real. Like he's a very good player, and considering he doesn't have one of his arms, he's not making one point two fucking million. <laughs> Jordan Travis, sure, yeah, one point two makes sense. <laughs> Nico's already at 1.1. Yeah, Nico's already at 1.1. He hasn't played a game. He played one, played a bowl game. Jared McCain, sick ass TikTok dances. Flojay, good ass rapper. All right, enough of this list. Blake Corm's ass. You shake
1: my head. Yes. Whoa, whoa.
0: whoa. (laughs) All right. um, Yeah, let's make a hot take. It's stake your claim.
1: Mm, So we are doing that now.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Okay. What's your hot take? First. You want me to go first? Yeah. I'm still thinking. Me too.
1: <laughs> Yo.
0: Nathan, do you want to make a hot take? Fair enough. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I obviously can't really go NFL. All
1: right, cool. Alabama, at best, goes 7-5. Ain't no fucking way! You just said that.
0: You a liar.
1: No, honestly, you
0: are a liar.
1: Uh, yeah. No, just say they don't want to see
0: you. Auburn's gonna win the Iron Bowl this year. Auburn winning the Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa.
1: Wow. How much did Mike pay you to say that? <laughs> Can't disclose that information.
0: Yeah, was it thirteen point eight million? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it fell through. Would you like to say Alabama? Now? <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. What's my take? I'm gonna go baseball since you guys both went college football. Um. I think the Angels are gonna sneak into the playoffs.
1: I like that. Yeah. Barely, barely. Barely. Ron Washington. I believe in Ron. First year. Ron and EY are gonna lead that team to something. Angels are gonna be second in the yeah. league with home runs. Yeah, Mike
0: Trout's gonna be healthy all year. They're gonna sign Blake Snow.
1: No errors in the infield.
0: Nope. Magneto, man. It's short. <laughs> He's gonna play some good ass defense. I He's gonna bat like one ninety.
1: But I have like twenty, twenty bombs. Nah. Oh, no. <laughs> No, I like that. Yeah? I like that.
0: That's all right. Good well, that is all. Um, Colin, thank you for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic episode. Um, I hope, um, insert winner of Bill's Chiefs, has a really fun time playing the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> uh, I hope the Lions enjoy playing the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. I think that's going to be a really good game. And I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week. The best way to enjoy their week is for you to subscribe, like, comment, and then go on to the other platforms and follow and rate five stars. You can go to Instagram. You can go to the Reddit. You could submit some questions for questions time. Have them in by midday on Thursday so that we make uh, Nathan or we can stop making Nathan work like a sweatshop worker writing up questions for Reddit. And um, yeah, I think with that being said, Colin. Anything for the people?
1: No, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a lot of fun.
0: All right. Well, then, we will catch you guys on Friday. Colin will catch you guys next week. Peace.